I'm James. I'm Carrie. I'm Lacey. And I'm Lee. Just one more fix. A proud member of the Gunna Geek Network. Just like the show you're listening to now. The opinions expressed are those of each individual host. Check out all the other podcasts at GunnaGeekNetwork.com. And get ready, because geekiness begins in three, two, one. Stand by for a brand new episode of All Things Good and Nerdy. Good morning, everyone, and welcome to episode 376 of the All Things Good and Nerdy podcast. This is recorded live on Sunday, October 13th, 2019. I don't know any significance of this date, but hey, we're close to Halloween, so you can prepare yourself for your Halloween excitement. And as we talk about Halloween excitement, I have to say, Willie Nelson, what are you doing for Halloween? Uh, I have two parties to go to, one Halloween night and then one the night after because the night after is a Friday, so that's when the parties be happening. And I'm going to be dressed as Spooky Captain Spaulding. Ooh. I hope the freaks some people out. I hope you do too. Bachman, what are you up to for Halloween? I'll probably be sitting at home drinking, watching Nightmare on Elm Street and Trick or Treat. These are all valid, valid things. I have literally no plans for Halloween right now. <laughs> hold on, uh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Wow. Trick or Treat or Trick, trick or Treat? Because treat? there's yeah. two different movies. No, Trick or Treat with Sam. <laughs> my, my new favorite anthology. I freaking love that movie. There was a lot of Sam at the uh, Halloween Spirit Store that I went to last week. A lot of Sam. As well there Happy should be. He's an awesome character. Yeah, I don't think I have any fancy Halloween activities planned, but the weekend before, on that Saturday, I believe it is, they have an Oktoberfest to go to during the day, and that evening there is a bar in town called the Fallout Shelter that is modeled after like a 50s-style Fallout Shelter with a bunch of arcade games and stuff like that in it that is doing a Rocky Horror Picture Night screening, Rocky Horror Picture Show screening, including people that are coming up and acting along with it on there. So it's one of those... Uh, a shadow cast. Yes, shadow cast. It's one of the big interactive events that are tons of fun, and I haven't been to one in like five or six years when one of the local theaters in town closed. They used to do it once a month, so I'm hoping it comes back. And since I helped fund them on Indiegogo to get started, I have my VIP pass, so I get free admission. Ooh. Uh, a controversial uh, opinion here. All right, go for it. Rocky Horror Picture Show is only good for the first half. Oh. Uh, make people angry. After Rocky gets made and that one song afterwards, it's downhill from there. So don't forget, you can send your hate mail to js at gunnageek.com if you disagree with Willie's opinion, or tweet at South Porky. There you so go. Mike, I'm not, I want some hate mail. My question is, he said he was going as spooky Captain Spaulding. Is there a non-spooky version of Captain Spaulding? Slutty Captain Spaulding. Ooh. <laughs> That's not spooky, then. It's slutty. That that's still creepy. <laughs> it's definitely scary. <laughs> Possibly a little ooky. Willie's trying. You're, Willie's you're trying to figure out. <laughs> Willie's trying to figure out if he can pull it off right now. I see the gears turning in his head. <laughs> He's trying to figure out how to do a Captain Spaulding outfit where his balls are hanging out. <laughs> uh, if you, if they're not hanging out, then you're not doing the costume right. <laughs> then you're not doing it right. Rip Sid Haig. Oh, I hope we dear. see a lot of Captain Spaulding's this year. I of course did it uh, four years ago, and I think i did a pretty good job enough to where people at the party were like stop looking at me <laughs> <I'm> like <laughs> yeah you get one of his characters right if you're creeping people out <laughs> and of course my buddy at the end of the night tried to wrestle me 
And so he tried to do like a, a takedown at my waist. So my head went on his back. And then uh, he lifted back up, and then my face and just rubbed my face straight up. So that makeup was uh, looking Fuck. even more creepier. Nice. And then he had white makeup all strung down his back, uh, and blue and black. Lovely. And a hint of red, because you know for the cheeks, just that little rosy cheek. Yes. I did a good job. Did you now? I did. And um, I do have a, a, a do. There is an update this week. Is this on your the, crush? No, 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 no. Oh, no, well, all right, fine. I'll do an update for that. There's I do have too. a new crush this week. Okay, hold uh, on, hold on. I'm not a savage. I'm just creepy. Proceed. <laughs> <laughs> My new crush this week is all you lovely listeners. And this Thank has been you. Willie's latest crush of oh, the week. You I'm not a savage. Bit. I'm just creepy. <laughs> I did some work last week, boys. <laughs> <laughs> the king of the bumps. King of the bumps. Uh, but uh, but the new uh, new segment that started last week, uh, there is uh, an update on the cunt of the week this week. And uh, it's still Gwyneth Paltrow. <laughs> she, she's still the cunt of the week. Uh, it's just what it says here. Right? What can I do? So who I'm is just it? reading from the paper. Who's He's in charge of creating this list for your uh, See You Next Tuesday of the week? Is it managed by one Willie D. Nelson, managed by Twitter? H- how do you determine who is the See You Next Tuesday of the week? I cannot confirm nor deny that. It's a, it's a secret right. mystery list. They don't tell me. The writer is one William D. Nelson Riley. <laughs> uh, you're really close there, but I can't tell. I, I don't know. I can only assume. I can only assume. So, is, th- is there any kind of science associated with this, Willie? Uh, yes. The gigantic the giganticness of her cuntness is so large that I'm foreseeing that she's going to be the cunt of the week next week too. This is just my speculation because science <laughs> says so. Remember, we believe in science on the All Things Good and Nerdy podcast. I mean, uh, the goop Beatable levels results. are the goop levels are off the charts with this one. Here's the question. Every time you ask the question, is Gwyneth Paltrow a cunt? The answer comes back as yes. Therefore, it's repeatable results. If you want to argue Science. with me and tell me I'm wrong, <laughs> I would love to hear a reason why she's not. <laughs> You're not going to hear any of those. I mean, if you can get, I mean, my mind can be changed. It has before on this show. Like, oh, I'm thinking this way. Oh, that's a good, uh, oh, I like that idea, way of thinking. I'm, I like that. I'm going to change my mind. Uh, we're still trying to get you to come around on Man of Steel. It's a work it's, in progress. I can't help it. I like that movie. It's a good movie. My brain enjoys it. Michael Shannon also did a great job as General Zod. Shannon was good in it. It's a good movie. I admit that part. I never said it wasn't a good movie. It's just not a Superman movie. Yeah, it's just not a Superman movie. <laughs> I'm still saying it's the best Superman movie that we got. Wow. And that is where you are factually wrong because the movie Superman exists. I would like to uh, take you back to a television program that I greatly enjoy called Scrubs. And there's a song there, sung by one uh-huh. John C. McGinley, a.k.a. Uh-huh. Dr. Perry Cox, that you should know, Willie. Uh-huh. And it's this. Wrong, 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 wrong. Wrong, 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 wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. I thought you were going to go with the uh, the theme song and say, I'm no Superman. That I can't do. 
because that would be a YouTube strike. Mm, if I sing the wrong song, I'm That's safe. just a little clip, and we're, we're mentioning, we're talking about it. But there is no copyright on the wrong song. At least, are you sure? You know. Not that I know. Of. We'll find out if we get a takedown. You, you may that. owe John C. McGinley four cents. I will gladly pay him those four cents. And what's he doing now? He might need it. I don't know. Let's check the IMDb before we actually get into the news of things. I think he's, I want to say he started producing some stuff, but also he had a kid. Really? Isn't he? How old? Yeah, he's he's an older gentleman, but I believe uh, as in most Hollywood things, uh, he has a slightly younger wife. (laughs) So John C. McGinley is currently in Chicago PD, so that probably pays some bills. There you go. So he's still he's, doing TV. One of the Chicago shows. He yep. also did a show called Stan Against Evil from 2016 to 2018. Uh, yeah. I remember oh, yeah. He was in Stan Against Evil. He was Stanley. I've seen it. Mm-hmm. He had, uh, those are all guest roles, but from 2013 to 2015, he was in a show called Ground Floor as Mr. Mansfield. That's a name. That is a name. He was in Burn Notice in 2012. Which is an awesome show, by the way. These are the, I'm just pulling things where it's not guest appearances. He was on a mean, show we, called Dan Versus as a voice I mean, you know his best, uh, his best role, don't you? Uh, Dr. Perry Cox? No. no. In Hogwild. I'm sorry, it's still Dr. Perry Cox. No, Hogwild as the uh, the cop. The sh- no. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Hogwild was a good movie. Dr. Perry Cox. No, you're, you're both wrong. Is amazing to watch and make fun of while you're watching. Really, it's do a I need great to sing you another song movie. again? I don't want to sing <laughs> another song. It's a great riff track movie. There's a lot wrong with it, and it's funny <clears throat> to make fun of it. Wrong. You're wrong. No, I'm just messing with you now. <laughs> so I think we have proven that uh, John C. McGinley is still working, I'm still an active actor. So what the hell was his name? Kudos in that? to him. I didn't have to sing you a little song, Willie. What did you? Just did. I sang you yeah, no. part of a little song, not the full his, song. His greatest role is still Sergeant O'Neill in Platoon. Motherfucker was in Platoon. I, I've never seen it. I don't do war movies. What the? F- you haven't seen Platoon? War movies do not interest me in the slightest. Oh, that movie's so good because it's such a good look at how bad Vietnam was. I'm not saying it's a bad movie or anything. It's just war movies just don't interest me at all. What, I don't, I, fair enough. Fair enough. I've tried, and I just pass out. I'm like, I'm good no, on this. I'm bored. Nothing can kill Barnes but Barnes. <laughs> Fucking Platoon is awesome. Yeah, dude, it's, it's like young, young, like 19-year-old Charlie Sheen. Like, the cast in that movie is insane. Now, do you know what Dr. Cox could have helped with? Oh, no. What? I had an issue as a teenager. <laughs> where... <laughs> I'm not sure the name of it. Uh, All I know is I think I was getting up too fast. And as I was starting the shower, I was feeling lightheaded and uh, queasy. So as I got to the toilet to prepare to to vomit, uh, I would would just wake back up. And like, uh, oh, I guess I just passed. I guess I just went back to sleep here on the bathroom floor. Oh, well. This happened a couple times, like uh, as a teenager before school, and I didn't think much anything of it because I was always just going back to sleep. Turns out I was apparently uh, passing out. Uh, Still don't know the reason. I guess because I'm a bigger person, maybe because I was getting up and all the blood just rushed right down. I don't know, but it happened one time while I was in the shower, so that was fun. 
having my mom having to come in. I was get trying to get out of the shower, and I just slumped down and hit my head on the way out, on the way, on the fall. Uh, yeah, she had to come in there, and I was just crumpled on the in the shower floor. So that was a fun hospital ride. That yeah. sounds uncomfortable in its highest form. We're glad that you survived it and didn't injure yourself worse. The worst part is when they did the was it EKG? What was the thing when they stick those little things on you, little sticky things? Was it on your head or on vitals? your chest? Chest. Then that's an EKG, I believe. Yeah, that's what I said. Isn't yeah. It? yeah, yeah, I said that right. Electrocardiogram. The worst part about those were that um, after, like, at the end of the day, they didn't let they they did let go of the skin, but they the didn't hair. let go of the hair. Yeah, yeah. I had to cut it with scissors. Had to cut oh, them off. Oh wow! They couldn't even peel them off of you. Oh, this is out. It was well it was the the neck. You know, this is the end of the day when I'm already out of the hospital. Well, you should be glad they uh, didn't shave you to properly adhere them because that could probably true. sometimes happen if they can't get a. A clean read. I'm trying to remember back from one of my classes in college where we actually had to talk about the science of how those sensors work is that they had often said if you can't get a clear reading, you have to remove what's in between. So that mm-hmm. would have been your sweater vest. Uh, I don't think it was as thick back then. My memory is yeah. terrible. Otherwise, if it was, was if it is how it is now, they probably would have shaved him. Or at least those spots. Yeah, they just take the clipper and go bump in a spot and then put the patch down. Yep. Which then leaves you looking weird because then you have like two blank spots <laughs> in the middle of your sweater vest. Uh, yeah. I mean, it was college Willie. Uh, not college, it was high school Willie. So I'm not sure that a lot of people were viewing the sweater vest back then. Were they Willie? I don't think so. Yeah. So it would have just been <laughs> Willie that had been going, man, my sweater vest's all jacked up. <laughs> I think it was right after high school that I was going to start up the Willie Nelson chest hair fan club. But that never really got off the ground. It was a funny joke, though. I guess you had to be there. I mean, I was going to, I mean, I had a nice pirate outfit because I used to be a pirate every year for Halloween because I was good at it. And I was going <laughs> to take, you know, I was going to have the chest hair all in, the, in that swashbuckler shirt, the low cut V. That was going to be the first uh, month. <laughs> that was going to be the first month picture you get in the Willie Nelson fan club, chest so hair fan what club. What I'm hearing here is Willie's going to start up his own Patreon. And if you are a $1 a month donor, you'll get the uh, Willie Nelson chest hair picture of the month. And for $5, you get it signed. Signed? Wow. That's a bargain. And for $20, you get some of the chest hair with it. (laughs) Oh, guys. No. I'm trying to think. So some of, it's got to be like at least a tuft. So how many people have to sign up for him to have to go bald every month? <laughs> well, we have so I ha- no, 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 just chest hair. We have seen hair. Willie's chest. I know. Remember. I'm saying bald. Like you'd have to shave all of it to fulfill all your Patreon subscribers. <laughs> on, this, on this show, Willie has shown his uh, chest region before. It would take an awful lot to shave him bald. I think. So we're talking like enough patrons that he'd be like, man, for this kind of money, I'm good with that. Well, I'm not saying he wouldn't do it. I'm just wondering the number of patrons that he'd have to top it out at and say, that's as much as I can shave in a month. <laughs> and I mean, I wouldn't shave it off. I mean, I shed. So I just, you know, run my fingers up and, oh. and just pull off and oh, there's some hair. Bloop. It's just chest hair, man. That's creepy. How's that creepy? Because I had to have the mental picture of it. Oh. Yeah. You're, oh, you're what? awful. Someone's hands... Including my yeah, own. Yeah, no. Stop it. Stop. 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 Gliding through the hair. 
messed up. Ugh. Bro. My chestly mane. <laughs> uh, that's the name of this week's episode. My chestly mane. I've decided. Thank you. You're Will. welcome. You're welcome. I don't even think Chestley's a word. We're just going to go with it. It I, is now. I don't give a fuck. It's, it's a word now. <laughs> All words are made up. Exactly. Well, I mean, to an extent, you are correct. Into Nebedalia. That word's made up. All it's words not, are made up. It's not bad grammar. It's just poetic license. Or poor thinking. What was that? I'm very confused. As you should be. Welcome to Sunday morning. Well, I mean, I live in a perpetual Ta-ta-ta. state of it, so it's not unheard of. Yeah, see. Still very early, and I've had very little coffee. Confusion is to be expected. Confusion you is know to what? be expected. Do you know what should pump you right back up? What's that, Willie? A button. I see what he did there. I see. Live from the ATGN studios on uh, the internet, it's the news of the week. So welcome everyone to the news of the week. It's that part of the show where we run down what is in our minds some of the most interesting geeky and or nerdy news to have popped up in the past week or so and share it with you all who are watching live or listening at a later date. We're going to try and go on a slightly more serious one first that I am trying to get educated on, but I will fully admit that since I don't play Hearthstone, I don't know fully what all is going on here. I've read a lot about what has been going on and difficulties that Blizzard has had in regards to uh, some censorship that was put into place, things like that. Willie, did you have a comment? I saw you were laughing. Some problems? Some problems, yes. That's the best way to put it. Mm, Is it now? Yeah, so let's dive into this. Now, everyone who's watching live, bear in mind, I don't play Hearthstone. I've tried to read up on what the issue is. I think it's worth our talking about but I will apologize if I don't have, know all of the facts, 100% of them. I tried to spin myself up as best I could, but I think it's a conversation worthwhile to have. So before we get this kickstarted, uh, Willie, Anthony, you guys aware any of what the issues are with Hearthstone and Blizzard currently? Yes. Only what you guys have heard about it. I've played Hearthstone. It's basically Wizards' own version of Magic the Gathering based on characters and creatures from their world with a slightly different version of a card game system. But that's what Hearthstone is. And it's hugely popular on Twitch. It's pay to win. It is. And you can play it mobile, PC, in a variety of different ways. It's free to play if you want, but you're really not going to be able to advance much, is my understanding. But it's incredibly popular. There's tournaments all over the world. It's live-streamed. And live-streaming is what brings us into the issue that was had. Last week, there was a competitor in one of the Hearthstone tournaments that was live-streamed. By the name of Blitzchung, that is his uh, user ID, he had his winnings stripped from him and was banned from the competitive scene for a year. Why did this happen? Because he expressed a pro-Hong Kong message on stream after his win. The two casters that were covering the event were also fired. Bear in mind, they didn't say a word about any pro or anti-Hong Kong sentiment, things like that. The Hearthstone community... In fact, they uh, they, uh, ducked down behind their cover saying, oh, we're not part of this. Because they knew that that's a sensitive thing. Why is that a sensitive thing? Because Blizzard's trying to hit it big in China right now. And, well, they already are. And they already are. And, you know, the timing on this is impeccable. Because I don't know if you guys... Do you guys watch South Park? 
Yeah. The last two weeks has been South Park pretty much taking their shots at China and kind of <laughs> exposing the hypocrisy that some companies have of, oh, we'll take a stand on morals while we're here, but we'll turn a blind eye to what's going on in China because there's 2.3 billion people or whatever that could buy our product. So the timing of well, South Park has been perfect on all of this without actually being on purpose. Let's put it that way. Well, what South Park is saying is that China needs some integrity. <laughs> well, as far as Blizzard's concerned, that's where all the gold farmers are. So, like, those people pay for those accounts to farm gold to sell gold in-game to Americans that are too lazy to actually play the game. And isn't that technically <laughs> against their terms and services? Yeah, but they don't yes. care because it gets money transferred through their system and it makes them cash. Yeah. So let's go back to what's going on with Hearthstone here. Also, what happened, I don't remember if I mentioned it or not, Blitzchung's winnings from this tournament were also stripped away from him as well. So the Hearthstone community, of which I am not a part, but I know people who are, so I saw a lot of active Twitter activity, Facebook activity from people I follow who are relatively rational people that were upset and were expressing, I really don't know how to respond to this, but it feels wrong what all is going on here. There are some relatively famous Hearthstone players who shut down their Discord channels, that shut down their Blizzard accounts, and said they would no longer be playing Hearthstone in light of what had happened. We had about a five-day, six-day window where everyone was kind of expressing their displeasure and Blizzard was awful silent until on the 11th, I believe it was, Blizzard finally issued their statement, which a lot of people have described as bizarre. What does it come down to? The nuts and bolts of it is basically the penalties that Blizzard doled out will be reduced, not removed. Blitzchung will keep his winnings because even though he broke the tournament code of conduct rules with his statement, it had nothing to do with his gameplay. In addition to that, he hasn't been removed from a Grandmaster status, but both his suspension and the casters are now six months long. They can return to the scene after that period of time if they so choose to. So the casters who are fired are supposedly down to a six-month penalty. I think at one point I had read that... I think this has evolved, because at first when I had read these things, it was the casters were still fired. Now I'm seeing in this article on Forbes that they can come back in six months. But it was kind of a rambly statement in... There's some key excerpts to look at here where you kind of scratch your head a little bit and go, wait, what are they doing? So let's go to their statement here. Were our actions based on the content of this message? Part of thinking globally, leading responsibly, and every voice matters is recognizing that we have players and fans in almost every country in the world. Our goal is to help players connect in areas of commonality like their passion for our games and create a sense of shared community. Here in bold is one that they were pulling out specifically. The specific views expressed by Blitz Chung were not a factor in the decision we made. I want to be clear, our relationship in China had no influence on our decision, but it <laughs> sort of did. <laughs> so they're trying to say it wasn't what he said on stream expressing support for Hong Kong protests, but the fact he expressed personal beliefs when things are supposed to be focused on the game itself. Where does this get interesting? This is in contrast to the Blizzard Chinese Weibo statement issued in the immediate aftermath. For those that aren't familiar, Weibo is basically Chinese Twitter, where they said, quote, we will protect or safeguard our national dignity or honor. Uh, these things are not adding up. There's other questions that came up that have been uh, brought up in this article on Forbes I'm seeing. They ask, why was Blizzard not, why has Blizzard not punished a collegiate Hearthstone team who held up a pro Hong Kong boycott Blizzard sign during an event? Why were the casters punished for any of this at all? Because they weren't in control of that. They tried to duck down and uh, kind of ignore it. Would Blizzard have issued a similar punishment to a player who said on stream, Hong Kong belongs to the PRC China forever? In the West, what kind of personal expression in an interview or stream would result in a similar ban? 
Would someone saying Trump 2020 or vote Warren after a win result in a ban? Would someone voicing support for gay or trans rights? Would someone saying build the wall? There's a whole lot of, uh, we don't know what the hell is going on here. It also brought up some interesting contrasts in the industry because, you know, when, uh, when things get shitty out there, then people start asking other companies, well, how are you going to react to this? Riot Games issued a statement encouraging its casters and players to keep politics and personal beliefs out of the upcoming League of Legends World Championships. And then Epic's Tim Sweeney went in the other direction, and even though 40% of his company is owned by China's Tencent, expressed explicit support for free speech and confirmed no pro-Fortnite players would be banned for voicing pro-Hong Kong messages in similar circumstances. So we've got some extremes here. Blizzard kind of shutting down... Any kind of personal statement based off of what they're saying their rules are, even though they've only done it for Hong Kong related stuff. League of Legends folks saying, just please keep it all out of there. And then Epic being like, hey, we want to be industry disruptors. Look at the Epic Game Store. So you can say that's a fair statement saying, say whatever the F you want. We don't care. Free speech, free speech. It's interesting. So at this point, Blitzchung and the the two um, people doing the interview have a suspension, but he won his money from the tournament. He did get his money. Originally, he was not getting okay. his money. They I'm fixed fine that with that. Part. And Blitzchung's actually made a comment, and I will pull up some stuff from there yeah. as well. Because, I mean, they do have a terms of service when you enter those tournaments and do, like, pro gameplay and stuff. You're you're not supposed to express, you know, political opinions, blah, blah, blah. Like, it's supposed to, you're supposed to be there to play the game, talk about the game, advertise the game. So the fact that they want to ban him or give him a suspension but he still gets his money for winning the tournament. That's fair to me. Like he won the fucking tournament, no matter what he said afterwards or before, it doesn't matter. He won the damn game, taking his money away. That's bullshit. Yeah. But if you play for a company, you play a game for a company and you sign a contract that you will behave in a certain way. Those are terms of service. You have to follow those. The suspension makes sense, but also, I mean, it's the whole thing of like, you know, um, you look at the, the, the black Panther power movement protests at the Olympics. They took their moment in the sun on camera with the world watching to raise their fists in unity. Like this kid took his moment on camera after winning a tournament, knowing that that's the most eyes on him ever to take his shot and state his beliefs. You can't blame him. Like that's, that's when you do stuff like that. And, uh, I hope I'm not stealing any thunder here, Chris, but, uh, uh, Blizzard also has uh, a mission statement. Like, you know, most companies do. And uh, what's interesting is uh, this part of their uh, mission statement is every voice matters. Great <laughs> ideas can come from anywhere. Blizzard Entertainment is what is it is today because of the voices of our players and of each member of the company. Every employee is encouraged to speak up, listen, and be respectful of other opinions. And embrace criticism is just another avenue for great ideas. Unless you're talking about China. So oh, uh, I, I had that last part. It's interesting you bring that part up because uh, Sailor Poland had mentioned in our chat room earlier. Not only that, but Blizzard. Uh, sorry, I lost the chat room. Scrolled there. Not only that, but Blizzard is making a political statement with its mission statements and created content, multinational, yeah. sexual orientation, etc. So they are fine with political messages, but only if it's something they have researched to make sure it doesn't get them in trouble. I, I don't know what the right answer is here, but th- if they're going to s- get someone for Hong Kong statements. Then I hope in the future, if someone says something like they brought up before, like, say, Trump 2020, Warren 2020, or any of these other kind of things, that they apply the same punishment. Because if they don't, it's a bad look that makes it look like, oh, shit, you're covering because you want to be in China. Like we've seen a lot of other companies Mm -hmm. do, which is we kind of ignore the things that would be going on there that 
might be more of a black eye and just go about our merry way. South Park, if you watched the last two weeks, hits on this Integrity. very, very strongly. It's They had these things in the can. The first episode of South Park was before this uh, Hearthstone ban had happened. It was almost like it predicted this kind of thing happening because it touches on a lot of what's going on here. And it's fascinating. And it's going to be something we continue to see evolve. I think Blizzard did the right thing in kind of giving the guy back his money, putting a six-month suspension on him, because technically he did violate their rules. It was just a matter of whether they chose to enforce them. Now, why the streamers got suspended, I still haven't figured out, because they're the ones that are hosting this, and then all of a sudden they're like, we didn't do anything, and now we're getting suspended? What the hell? Well, and what I had understood from what I saw on Twitter was that they're freelancers. Like, they don't actually work for Blizzard. They were just doing the interview, so they had a contract for, you know, interviewing during that game, so that Blizzard's just not going to hire them for six months. But the way I understood it, they knew that it was going to happen and prepped, and that's why they disappeared and basically let it happen. Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. And we know why they're protecting China so much, right? Oh, why is that, Willie? Uh, I'm not sure if it's... Has it already come out? I don't know. I don't keep up with Diablo, but the Diablo mobile game, you know that's going to be huge in China. They want that market. They're and waiting they for the don't approval be, for that. Yeah, yeah. They don't want to be kicked out of that. So, yay. Big company just wants Chinese money. That's the news. Yeah, not not shocking there. <laughs> yeah, and honestly, I'd heard a bunch about the Hong Kong protest, but I actually, this is the first time I've looked on the Wikipedia to see what it is they're protesting. Yeah, fuck China. <laughs> let's not, yeah, let's try and keep the politics out of it. As much as we can. There's my opinion, you motherfuckers. I'm just saying China needs some integrity. Integrity. So before we get off this topic, though, I did mention that. uh, Oh, I got more. Okay, well, let's get to Blitzchung's statement first that he put out after uh, Blizzard kind of walked back the suspension, things like that. He wrote, I believe it was in a blog post. First of all, I'm grateful for Blizzard reconsidering their position about my ban. Earlier Earlier this week, I told media that I knew I might have penalty or consequence for my act. Because I, excuse me, because I understand that every act could take the conversation away from the purpose of the event. In the future, I'll be more careful on that and express my opinions or show my support to Hong Kong on my personal platforms. He also went on to express gratitude. His winnings were restored, saying people from Blizzard had explained this to me through a phone call. And I really appreciate that. And I accept the decision on their part. Regarding the reduction of the suspension, he's grateful for that, although he noted six months is still quite a lot to me. I wish Blizzard could reconsider about their penalty on the two casters involved. I tend to agree with him. Six months suspension for them doesn't make sense. He was also asked if he'll be returning to competitive Hearthstone, saying, honestly, I have no idea on that yet, since my tournament is very likely to be Grandmaster Tournament of next season. is probably at least a few months from now. From now on, excuse me. I will take, take this time to relax myself to decide if i'm staying in competitive hearthstone scene or not sorry what were you saying willie my favorite part about all this is that uh people started boycotting uh blizzard and they did in some of the best ways possible the most hilarious ways they could have done uh in overwatch may is the only chinese character and so many people started putting up pictures of her with face mask and having support for Hong Kong. <laughs> so uh, maybe Overwatch is going to be banned in China after a while because that that's pretty funny. Yeah, we'll see We'll see what happens there. It wouldn't surprise me. But again, Blizzard's probably going out there and like, hey, it's not us. We can't control what the fandom community does. Things like that. So I don't know. 
it's it's a mess. Blizzard sort of backed up enough that I think the casual fans and those that were just reading up on things are kind of going, okay, the punishment sort of makes sense, but the initial reaction comes off overly harsh. Maybe a lot of people are okay with that now. I, I don't know. I don't play Hearthstone. I'm not a huge member of the community. I just know, looking at it, you kind of scratch your head and go, hmm, something about this just doesn't feel right. Maybe it's because the issue of... Uh, Chinese censorship and ongoing expansion of folks into China is such a hot button topic and this just kind of pushes that because I don't know if we would have had or let me rephrase I don't know if the community in Twitter Facebook or the Hearthstone community would have had quite the same reaction if what he had said was free Antarctica forever or something like that Ooh, I'm a fan of yeah. that I mean that's I just went to a ridiculous point just to prove because of what he was talking about, it's a hot-button topic. I don't know if the reaction would have been the same if it wasn't Hong Kong he was talking about. Yeah, if it didn't involve China that Blizzard's trying to get money from. Makes a huge difference. And Chris, you might have a little bit more insight in this. I heard a little something about during people pro, uh, boycotting Blizzard, they, they started trying to uh, cancel their subscriptions. And I heard they had some problems with that. So... I read a little bit on this, and then it got kind of debunked because they had a brief glitch. But uh, when people were trying to cancel subscriptions, <laughs> there's like four different ways you can do it. And one of the methods wasn't working, so someone had tweeted something to the effect of, oh, Blizzard's not letting me cancel my account. She tried again like an hour later, and it was working fine. So it sounded like they had a, a service outage of some kind mm, temporarily. But fair. they were not blocking people from canceling their Hearthstone or Blizzard accounts, as far as I could tell. And honestly, it could have been... if. You know, a giant protest pops up online, Twitter goes nuts, it gets popular for a moment, and a couple million people all try to cancel at the same time, they might have just crashed the damn servers. Yeah. <laughs> the servers uh, for, you know, doing accounts usually aren't as heavy duty as the servers for the games. <laughs> and this is just my opinion, what I think might have happened. So you can, you know, I'm taking all this. Blizzard, you can say what you want to, but as I see it, you know what you were doing. You were you were catering to China, and there, there's no way around that. And now you're just backtracking. Oh, well, what about that? Or like everyone knows. Come on, man. You, yeah, you, it's just, I'm done here. That's all I got. I put him on full screen. He's like, I'm done here. That's People know. Don't 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 this corporate speak. Get out of here with that. So nope nope nope. Nope. All right. Nope. So before we move off the topic here, like I said, I wasn't hugely educated on it. The art, the quotes and the references I made in this article are pulled from three different news articles that I have. And if you want to go and read them for yourselves, you can go to, over to our show notes. That's at bitly. That's at bit.ly slash ATGN 376. ATGN is in all caps. You can find the direct links there. I also put it in the chat room so you can read what I read for yourself. So you can see I was purposely trying not to talk out my ass here. I was trying to research. Those aren't the only articles I read, but those are the ones that I <laughs> cited in our news conversation this time. I just don't want to leave any ambiguity there for it to be like, oh, Chris just flubbed this because he didn't understand it. I think I understood most of what was going on, and I like to think I, I read fairly well on it, but there's always a chance. So there's my supporting evidence for what was quoted. Bit.ly slash ATGN376. Talking out of our ass is an HGN staple. No, it's what we do. You're not exactly wrong there. <laughs> yeah. Hey, you okay there, Willie? He's I was just talking out of his ass. Yeah. Uh, your your lips were moving though. So how were you talking out of your ass? 
I'm I'm an astriloquist. <laughs> I mean, Willie does talk all the time. We just don't see it. I mean, look right here. He's he's not going to move his lips and look. This guy's creepy. <laughs> You're a really bad puppet. <laughs> You're a very bad puppet. You're a puppet. Sorry. Your ass is a puppet. No, I'm a Muppet. There's a difference. <laughs> All right, your ass is a Muppet. What are the, and uh, what kudos to Sailor Poland in the chat room who is bringing up some other alternative quotes that if uh, this uh, Hearthstone player had said, we probably wouldn't have had such the uh, fire on, <laughs> such as stop oppressing Scientologists or strip mining prevents forest fires. I'm pretty sure there would not have been the global outcry that we did get. And also, we did have someone pop up in the Twitch chat who was trying to join in on the show. We don't have a call in. Sorry, Scurvy Balls Johnson, but please feel free to uh, post in the chat room and we will refer to any feedback. We, we don't have a we Discord either, do we? And we could get one. I was honestly considering it when he when he put up the Discord. Because he was trying to do commandments for Discord. I'm like, we don't have a Discord. I've considered it. We could put together our own ATG and Discord, but I'm kind of depressed to realize it'd be just the three of us in there. So yeah, and uh, Sailor yeah. Poland showing us videos. That would be the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. I just got to figure out how to do it. So is the juice worth the squeeze? And Man, I'm feeling a little bad because I mean. It can't be e easy having scurvy in your balls, right? No, the boy needs some orange juice. Get a lime, man. Go suck a lime. Tony Tightlip said, "Go suck a lime." Mm. You okay there, Willie? Mm. I'm just imagining scurvy in the balls. Well, we we <laughs> need to distract you away from that thought, then. So, Willie, why don't you share what your news is? As soon as I saw this pop up, I was like, "Oh, I know what Willie's talking about this week." So, Willie, the floor is yours. I got scurvy in my balls. Ew. Dun, I'm kidding. Dun, dun. I'm kidding. Uh, so news came out earlier this week. Uh, some confirmation for the PlayStation 5. As in, it's going to be called the PlayStation 5. Let me file that under no shit news. Because of course it's going to be the PlayStation 5. It would be ridiculous if it wasn't called that. Let's file but, that under fuck you Xbox and your shitty ass naming program. I will say the <laughs> Xbox One, perfectly fine system, dumbass name. Because it's not the first one. So when I say, oh, the Xbox One, it's not the 360, it's not the one after that, it's the Xbox. Oh, no, it's the original Xbox. Now i got to add syllables to it. That's just, I'm just a little angry about that. It makes no sense. <laughs> but um, no, but the cool news that came out was uh, that, they talked about the new controller design, and something I'm interested in is uh, haptic feedback on the trigger buttons. So it's going to feel a little bit of resistance, or it's going to feel different regarding if you're shooting a gun or pulling a bow and arrow. So I'm interested in that. I wonder if it'll keep the uh, the uh, touch pad. That'd be interesting to know. Maybe they'll bring back the start and select button. It seems very similar to what Nintendo started trying to do with the Joy Cons, with what was it they called the HD Rumble when they gave that example with a uh, one-two switch, where like you used the Joy Con like you were pouring out a glass with ice cubes in it, and you would feel the ice cubes shaking around in it. So it feels similar in that regard. The question is, how long does it get used for? Does it actually catch on? Everyone uses it, and how long till Microsoft or Nintendo do something similar? Because let's be honest. Nintendo's already sort of doing it, and Microsoft, if they really wanted to, probably could also. And who knows, no. they might be doing it, we just don't know, because we're so early on in the uh, next-gen Xbox and PlayStation 5 news that 
who knows what all the special features are. Well, if any of the previous consoles, any of them, uh, have any indication that they will just probably, the first couple of games that come out on the system, some of them will just overuse it. And be like, yeah. okay, this is a fun gimmick. Let me bring you back to a certain game that came on the PS3 called Layer, where you ride a dragon. That game was blasted for one reason only. Because the only way you could fly your dragon is the six-axis motion with your controller. That was the only way to control your dragon. Now, uh, they did an update to it later on. I don't even know how much later on. Where you could use normal flight stick controls. But when that game came out, that's all you could do is to fly your dragon was to move your controller with it. Which does not seem the most intuitive. No, because there's not. no feedback. I mean, I can do this. What's my dragon going to do? Like, oh, what's it going to do? It's not going to follow exactly what I'm doing. So it made no sense. It, it, but it, a lot of things do that. Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, I wonder if we're going to keep the touchpad just because I, I haven't really seen many games use it to an advantage. Like, we're, like you don't actually write or do anything on the touchpad in game. Like, it was a heck of a change from the PlayStation 3 to the PlayStation 4, and I love the PlayStation 4 controllers, but the touchpad itself doesn't really seem to be used other than just as a button. It had its gimmick moments when the system first came out, like with uh, Infamous Second Son, you had to use, like, a little thumb sensor, like, when you had to go through, like, a checkpoint, you had to, like, they had to scan your thumb, and so you had to do it on the controller. Some other gimmicks did like that, but mostly it's used as, like, a select button, like, yeah. Like back on the PS3, it was like mm-hmm. pressing the select button, going to the menu. That's pretty much mostly what it's used for now. Yeah, so in regards to the rumble feature on the triggers, it sounds really cool. It's just a matter of how widely it's adopted and whether it seems gimmicky, whether people keep doing it. I agree with you, Willie. There's probably going to be tons of launch games that are overused it, and you're like, oh, this is annoying. But uh, the real catch, I guess the real catch would be how many third-party developers that aren't in-house adopt to use that. That would be interesting. That's that's something that we have to just wait and find yeah, out. Exactly. Because it's up to them. Oh, and a little... Uh, uh, and I did hear this just a rumor. I'm not 100% on this. I saw a tweet, and some people were talking about it, like the wording of the tweet. The PS5 might not be fully backwards capable with the PS4, which I thought it was going to be, but it still could be. I don't know. It's just some wording on the... Uh, that's translated from Japanese that could be misconstrued as like it's not full it's weird uh, it's not full news so I'm not 100% on that but that could be an issue coming up it would be interesting if it wasn't fully backwards compatible with this previous generation because it's not like the problem they had going from PS3 to PS4 or PS2 to PS3 where they changed the entire processor architecture so that yeah. you had to emulate backwards compatibility so it would be odd to me that you can't go back with the ps5 and play ps4 games because it's newer versions of the same hardware that's in the ps4 it seems like to me same same kind of thing that microsoft's been pitching for the next xbox whatever it actually ends up getting called i mean they've kind of pitched it as it'll play any xbox game now that's a combination of backwards compatibility and probably emulation via the cloud but the real question, I mean, though, for both companies is how long do people care? They occasionally scratch that itch to play a game they love, and then do they really go back and play a ton of back catalog games? Are you ready for it, Chris? Uh, how many people bought those Nintendos? Are you ready? So, is this like a you, Generation X moment we're about no, to have here? No, 
Not Are you ready? I mean, Bachman can still suck it, but that's not what I'm talking about. <laughs> no, no, no. Degeneration proudly presents to you. Oh, we're done here. Thank no you, pageantry. I'll do we're it. done with your pageantry. I'll do it. No, are you ready for the ray tracing in the next gen consoles? The ray tracing. Are we getting pseudo ray tracing with the PS5? Oh, I'm sorry, what? Pseudo ray tracing. It's not fully ray tracing. It's like I heard it's going to be fully ray. It's going to be all the ray tracing you can have. Tracing all the rays. It sounds like a cool concept. If it if it works the way it's supposed to, like that's some serious processor like power, but. It could be some. It could make for some very fucking cool looking games. You're not wrong. We might start getting you know the 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 realistic stuff that looks even better than like the fantastic or the Final Fantasy CGI movies. Like the games might be stepping up past that level, which you know at some point video games are going to look almost like fully rendered movies. Like it's going to be kind of cool. <laughs> I've seen some gameplay of Final Fantasy VII remake, and I it has made me interested. And that looks. A lot better than uh, what was that movie that came out for Final Fantasy Seven? Final Fantasy, oh, Final Advent Fantasy, Children. Advent Children, yeah. Advent Children. I thought we were talking about the Final Fantasy Seven. No, uh, not the Spirits Within. Spirits Within, because that was hot garbage. That's one of the movies. There's two movies I've gone to I and walked know. out of. That was one. Of I rem- I remember <laughs> as a kid watching it, and I just didn't understand it at all. That and but Scary I mean, Movie Three, I walked out of both. Oh God, why would you see Scary? <laughs> You should have known what you were getting into. Yeah, if you went to see Scary Movie 3, you should have known exactly what you are going to get. (laughs) it was summer, and I had just recently gotten my driver's license, and I didn't want to be at my house. Did you get your money back? Did you get a refund? No, but it was at the discount theater, so it was like the $3.50 ticket, so it really didn't matter a ton to me. It was an excuse to get out of You got $3 worth. Hey, that could have been three fifty dollars of gas money. You could have gone somewhere else, buddy. (laughs) I could have gone somewhere else. It would have been. It wasn't gas money with that car. It was diesel money, Willie. I drove diesel as my first car. I'm using gas as just an, a coverall for any kind of fuel, man. Coverall for any kind of fuel. So, what other stuff you've been hearing about PS5, Willie? What other stuffs come out? I know Wired had like some in-depth article, but I didn't have a chance to read it. Uh, it will. It will be able to play 4K Blu-rays, which is nice to hear. Uh, the game disc will be coming out on. I was surprised to see this a hundred gigabyte disc, which that surprised the hell out of me. But I didn't know they made hundred gigabyte disc for Blu-rays. But there you go. Yeah, a couple of years ago they were talking about Sony was working on a technology for an expanded, like double definition Blu-ray disc, and we've never gotten them as like a new advanced technology. So it might just be something where they're advancing the technology and not really making it a big like public change. It's not another fight between Blu-ray and HD. It's just, hey, the discs are getting better. Yeah, I'm happy we didn't have any kind of format war again. Like, I guess it skips a generation because we had beta and VHS. And then just DVD came out. And I was like, yeah, I'm here. And then Blu-ray HD DVD, and now it's just 4K. There's nothing else. 4K it's, Blu-ray. It's 4K Blu-ray, though. I mean, they basically I guess that's like a half Blu-ray step. and made it better. It's a yeah. half step. Yeah, it's a half step. Kind of like yeah. the half, uh, half Xbox steps One don't cause, half or steps PS4 Pro. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We don't know that. And we all know whatever the next format is, all you got to do is watch the porn industry because they lead yeah. the way. Yeah. Well, I think that might be a little bit over... I mean, especially now. Uh, yeah, it's not going to make any sense now. Who? Seriously, send, send some mail to uh, tw- tweet me. Uh, see, do you actually still buy physical porn? I'm. I want to hear about your porn selection. They and, still uh, sell it, so somebody does. 
Okay, so yes, they still do. So, thirty-four-year-old <laughs> man here on the show. I've never bought porn. Let's put it that way. Oh, so I am the last of a dying generation. I mean, I've bought porn <laughs> younger, so I bought porn. I bought movies. I bought hard copy magazines. Yeah, I'm sorry. Did you forget that I own pirates? Oh, we know you bought porn. It wasn't a question about whether or not you had. To be fair, I was. Uh, <laughs> to be fair, no pageantry. I was talked into it by an ex-girlfriend. So talked into it, yeah. Because guys really have to be talking yeah. to buying porn. Yes, how- I had because it was sixty fucking dollars. Here's how you talk Willie into buying porn if you're a woman. Hey, Willie, want to watch this porn? <laughs> well, oh, 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 it was a short conversation. But now he's like, all right, let me. Turn on the internet on TV. Here we go, porn. <laughs> but it's not well, that porn. You porn. They got a little bit of everything. Willie, they want to watch the Star Wars parody porn with you. You got to buy it for them. You can there find you that go. online, oh, guaranteed. Sure I listen. If you're pirating porn, I don't care. Pirate all the porn you want. It's not going to hurt the industry that much. It's still rolling. How do they make their money? I don't understand. Uh, Advertising on Pornhub, maybe. Oh. I saw, uh, I just saw a fucking advertisement on Pornhub. It was hilarious. It was for, uh, it was for a movie. What movie was it for? See, I was like, advertising on Pornhub works for Jay and Silent Bob uh, reboot. Yes, I was like, did. Kevin did Smith knows his John knows his audience. Let's be honest yep. here. I was just surprised. Like, what the hell? This is why am I seeing Jay and Silent Bob on Pornhub? All right, this is hilarious. Because Bob's gonna eat that ass. That's why. You know, oh man, you ever had your asshole eaten out by a fat man in an overcoat? No. You guys there do you know go. that Jan Silent Bob reboot like hits theaters on Tuesday, right? Yep, yep. Well, it's, it's, not, it's, showing, it's showing once in my theater on Tuesday, and then I can't find any other showings. And I'm like, I work during the week. Well, the, I don't like to go the, to theaters. 7 p.m. on well, Tuesday sucks. The Spectrum Events thing is it's two special showings on Tuesday and Thursday where, if I remember correctly, the Tuesday showing you get the movie and then a bunch of extras after it. And then the Thursday showing on where those are happening, it's gonna they're gonna show Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back followed by Jay and Silent Bob Reboot. So depending on which one you go to, that's why they actually are Spectrum events. They're not just showing the movie. Both yeah. of those, the Tuesday and Thursday showings, are different versions of the film getting different events, and then hmm. they're hoping it will you know, it'll eventually go nationwide later with just the regular version of the movie. Interesting. It's it's tough um, for me to do things like that during the week, but I guess yeah, good more power to those that are able to do it. Because I was I want to see Jan Silent Bob reboot. Is Spectrum a theater chain? I don't think so because I, just, no. I heard you guys using that word. I don't know what that's in it's reference. It's like a Spectrum but... events, like those Fathom events, I think. Oh right, uh, yeah, Fathom events. Maybe that's what it's called. But yeah, it's uh, it's, it's an event oh. that takes place. But I think any theater can host them. It's just they're just like a, a company that puts the event together. They're like an event coordinator for theaters. I didn't know it was coming out. Let me see if it's going to be in my. Yeah, it's the what, 15th and 17th, I believe. So we went off the path a little bit here, but stepping back to PS5, I did see some of the stuff in there was that it would have a solid state hard drive in it so that that would lead to quicker load times. Yep. And I think one of the things that got thrown around in the Wired article was doing a. Uh, What's the not quick save? It's the quick transport in Spider Man where you can click on the map and then choose to transport somewhere and you go on the subway. They were saying on the PS4, it would you'd have like 29 seconds of load time theoretically where you're just on the train. And like the PS5, it was done in like a second as some nice. of the comparison stuff. So I don't know how factual that is. It's interesting stuff. We're going to find out a lot more about the next Xbox and the PS5 here 
considering they're all coming out. Holiday 2020, I think, got confirmed for both devices. Yep. <gasps> I can get uh, Jane Saw Bob reboot tickets. Are you going, Willie? <laughs> I mean, I, I do have the uh, Regal movie pass, so why not? Yeah, on Fathom Events, it says October 18th, there's an intro and a poster included in the movie viewing. On the 18th? And the Friday? Or 15th. And oh. then the 17th is the double feature. So, yeah, so they're doing two different versions yep. of the movie. Yeah, they do have the double feature on, but I can't do that Thursday because that's also the day Jackbox Party Pack 6 comes out. And I'm already doing something then, so I can't do that. Always got to get his Jackbox. Hey, 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 hey. You know you jack your box, too. Don't lie to me. <laughs> I don't have a box. I jack my dick. <laughs> you can jack your box all you want, you weirdo. It's called a metaphor, you uncultured swan. No, it's not. I just said it was. It was more like a simile, you silly bitch. <laughs> all right, so I guess I'm going Tuesday. So, did you have any other PS5 stuff you wanted to bring up before we transition off? Because we've gotten horribly distracted. I mean that's normal for the show. We're not Fair. we're not in control unless we're out of control. Um, but yeah, uh, that's all I got because it's not much they've given out yet. Just that little bit of news, like of yes, it's called the PlayStation Five. What else were you gonna call it? I'm just now wondering: is the PlayStation uh, VR gonna work with it as well? I would assume they will probably want to try and bring that peripheral along. I don't know. The question we had in the chat room was Sailor Poland asking: Will crossplay still be enabled? And my guess is yes, since they just turned oh, it yeah. on the PS4, but they haven't said. That'd be dumb to turn it on for a year and then turn it right back off. Yeah, it's still on for. That PS4. would be a terrible decision. No, I'm saying that right now. If you do that. Terrible decision, Sony. But Willie, <laughs> although you're making a lot more money than I am, so what the hell do I know? The real question is, will I be able to play my Fortnite on it still? Because I need my Fortnite. That was going to be another oh, question don't. I had. Fuck was, Fortnite. This is going to be the first time that this is going to be an issue. Is these uh, games as a service? Are they just gonna? Are they gonna do anything to update them or anything for these new systems? Or are they just gonna port them over and not really? Putting bells and whistles? I don't know. I'm a little curious. Well, we got a year to find out. I would assume that based off the fact that Epic makes so much money off Fortnite and uh, similar with, crap, what's the name of it? EA with Apex Legends Apex stuff Legends. like this, that they would probably do something. The original thing you might get is just a straight-up port, and then you might start getting things like, look, we have enhanced visuals now on our PS5 and Xbox, whatever the hell we're calling it, versions of the game. That's just a guess based off of the similar path we've seen with I guess the best analogy would be how have we seen updates and graphics and stuff for games that are Xbox One X or PS4 Pro enabled? Generally, it's like a extra option you can download and you get better visuals. I would assume these games as services would do something similar. And this All is right, just an uh, assumption, though. Oh, I just remembered another rumor. I don't fully know it. I heard it might come out with two different models. Uh, for the PS5 when it comes when it gets released, like a base model and some I don't I'm guessing like a pro model. I'm not 100 percent on that. I don't think anyone has the full specs on that if they're doing that or not. I just heard it. Just want to let you know. Rumors on rumors. That's okay. what my life's all about. So, and plus, I got I, no. I got my rumors cleared up last week. So stay tuned to the All Things Good and Dirty <laughs> podcast as Willie's going to share all the PS5 rumors because he's an aficionado. Of the PlayStation console. But I'm not a fanboy. 
I, I purposely did not say fanboy. I think we should. Oh, no. That. I just want to state that. I didn't say you did. I'm just saying. I'm because stating that. I know you don't like the term fanboy. So I determined I would not call you a PlayStation fanboy. No, I mean, because a fanboy to me is someone who just defends blindly. Yeah, like, it may, like no, I'm going to say I, Xbox is a perfectly fine system. I have a Switch. It's a perfectly fine system. Uh, the exclusives for the Switch are fucking amazing. I can't say anything bad about them. But uh, I just prefer PlayStation ever since the PS3 because Blu-ray won the format war. What do you want from me? Five bucks? Can you give me five bucks? <laughs> I think you got... I think you get more five bucks than I got five bucks. Yeah, can I? Doesn't, five doesn't matter. You, you asked what I wanted, and I want five bucks. That yeah, you was offered. The, so now you owe Chris royal, five bucks. The royal you. You have? Do you have Google Pay on your cell phone? You can send me money <laughs> that way. It takes like seconds. Just send me my five bucks. Where's my money, Nelson? Where's my money? You owe, you owe five hey, bucks. Pay up. Hey, hey, Bachman. What's your news of the week? <laughs> my news of the week is Willie owes Chris five bucks. <laughs> well, Willie's gonna continue to owe Chris five bucks till the end of the eternity. So, what do you got for us, uh, Anthony? Or until he watches Fifth Element. Let's <laughs> <laughs> uh, see if that happens. My news of the week is it was rumored and then confirmed, and then it's now live on the public test build. Dead by Daylight has got itself a battle pass. So, one of the things we've been looking forward to big time, especially me and Willie, to play Dead by Daylight is the fact that in this game, cosmetics for the survivors and killers are excessively expensive. Buying like an entire outfit for a character is like a minimum of 10 bucks. I think most of them are 20 Like To get a head, an outfit, and a weapon is like $10 to $20. No, I, think, no, 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 I think max is $10 for a single outfit. Or max max. Is 10. Either way, it's super expensive. The Oryx cells in the game are kind of nuts. And one of the things that's been awesome about uh, Apex Legends, especially uh, in the second, third seasons after they kind of had a little trouble with their first season battle pass, is that in the last two seasons, buying the battle pass, the premium, gives you three outfits right at the beginning. And then you always, you've gotten really cool outfits during it. I'm honestly playing the Apex Season 3 battle pass simply to get the Lifeline skin. Like, if there was nothing else in the battle pass, the Lifeline skin is so cool looking, it's worth the money. And so... Uh, Dead by Daylight's getting their own. I went on the public test build last night, actually tried it out just to check it out, see how it looks, how it works. And what they've done is they've broken theirs up with it being a four by one asymmetrical. You either have to play survivor or killer. Their battle pass has to work a little differently. So what they've done is you have survivor challenges versus killer challenges versus general challenges throughout what is um, basically a blood web type uh, thing called the tome and so you go into the tome and you choose either if you want to do a killer's challenge or a survivor challenge to start moving your way across the tome and so they have regular ones where you can just it doesn't matter how long it takes to do them you just you know however long it takes so i think the very first one for survivors is bring the light repair a total of two generators very simple but if you get two bad games it might take you two matches to do then you have what are called master challenges, where the next one on the list is called Savior, unhook two survivors safely. So that means you have to get two safe unhooks in the same match. So if you don't get, if you only get one in the first match, that won't count, and you won't progress on the little chart. The cool thing is that they made it to where you can go in. Last night, I tried to get a killer match on the public test build. Everything on there is reset so many times, so both my ranks are 20, so it's really hard to get matches when people are playing. It also... It's a little late in the weekend, so people have already fallen off of the public test build. They went and looked at the archive, and they're gone. And so I was sitting there waiting to try to get a doctor match. Couldn't get anybody, so I switched my challenge over to the survivor challenge 
clicked on David, loaded up, got a match in like five minutes, went in, did two generators, got my rift points, I got my progression bar, I unlocked the first thing, and then I went back into the tome and clicked over on the killer challenge, and you just switch back and forth. So if you want to switch from killer to survivor at any time, you just switch which challenge you're working on, and that's it. And then, yeah, the, the ones for the general ones where it's like earning blood points are kind of funny because as you're moving forward through the through the tome, you'll select a challenge, and basically by selecting it, you've already completed it, and so you just get blood points for selecting it. But yeah, so you'll move along, and then you get um, in the battle pass what they've added in for uh, the rift is what they're calling the battle pass. You've got 70 levels of progression, just like Apex Legends, and I believe Fortnite, you have a free level. And then you have a premium pass level that you pay for. So in the free level, you get some outfits. You get a couple of um, the new charms. And the premium one, you know, you get something every single level as you go through. And then on throughout the progression, they have charms. They have weapons for the killers. They have outfits for the killers and the survivors. And then the important part is they also have Oryx cells. In Dead by Daylight, Oryx cells is the money you pay or the, the in-game cash transaction coins is basically what they are. So that you have to buy one of the upsides that I love about apex legends is if you bought the first season battle pass and then played all the way through 110 levels, you got enough apex coins to buy the next battle pass. And that is what behavior has done with the rift as it stands in the public test build. If you pay to buy a thousand oryx cells, as you progress through the entire battle pass, if you complete all 70 levels, you will gain a thousand oryx cells, which gives you enough to buy the next season. So they're giving you incentive to do the entire thing. You're going to get, I think, uh, a hybrid panda on his video, he looked through it and he said, if you complete the battle pass, you get four or five complete outfits for killers and survivors. Which, if you look at the idea that at least one of those was 10 bucks a piece minimum, and these are also all new cosmetics that aren't available in-game. They're all brand new, all created just for this first season. And so, I mean, if they were if they were ten bucks each, you're talking fifty bucks just for those costumes. And then you also have the charms, which it's funny that charms got added into Dead by Daylight and Apex Legends of the same season, and it's very different because they're very different games. One being you know a first person looter shooter, and the other one being you know a asymmetrical horror fighter. In uh, Apex Legends, you get gun charms that hang off of your gun that just kind of jingle and look kind of cool on some of them. What they've added in Dead by Daylight is for survivors, you get charms that get added to the belt loops on the left hip of your character. And the first one you get when you first open the rift, when you uh, buy it, which it was also nice on the public test build, they give everybody 2,000 Oryx cells that won't transfer back to your account when the public test build drops down, but to let people buy levels in in the past to check it out. And the first one you get is what looks like a little Funko Pop of Claudette. And so it's an actual character toy that hangs from your character's belts. And then they have little icons like um, like there's a gear for you know installing a new part. There's a, a company logo from, what is it, the, the Masonry? One of those. But yeah, it's, it's like for one of the maps. And then there's also like um, the funky flowers from the holiday, from the holiday event. So when you get them as a survivor, some of them go back and forth from survivor and killer, like the pustule flower. If you put it on your survivor, it hangs off their belt like a little keychain. If you put it on your on your um, killer, it doesn't go on the killers. It goes on your hooks. So when you go to the customized window for the killers, you have the three charm logos, and you get to put things on the hooks, and they actually hang on both sides of your hooks all throughout the map in every match you go to. So the killers now have the ability to customize their hooks just you know, you know, make things a little bit different, change things up a little bit. You know, it's it's a it's a simple small cosmetic, but you know, it's something cool. It's cute. 
you know, it's not game breaking, but it's fun. You know, nice little things. Yeah, the replay- replayability. Yeah, replayability gives you little things to get. Um, when you f- the first level of the battle pass, yeah, it's got the little Claudette, and then for the killers, it has what was it called? The evil puppet. It's this gruesome looking little. It looks like a stake filled with knife shards that has a face painted on it, kind of like the trapper, and it has one arm, and it's like the creepiest looking little mutant toy ever. And when you hang that on a hook, it looks really fucking creepy. And yeah, you add that to the Good. costumes, all the stuff that's available in the battle pass, or, you know, in the rift in the archive. It's going to be like a, a a really really good update to the game. It's giving you replayability. It's giving you a reason to play Survivor and Killer. Which honestly, I you know I'd rather play Killer and be able to unlock everything, but that's not an option now. If you want to unlock all of it, you're going to have to play both. And yep. so I do kind of like that because you get a lot of people that only play Killer and people that only play Survivor, and it makes the game better when people are going back and forth. And, you know, doing both sides of it. And then I'm also, there was some huge changes for uh, the nurse got not a full rework like Freddie. Her power didn't change, but they give her a partial rework where now you own, you start off with a def, um, default two blinks. Her power recharges so you can't spam the blinks like you used to. You only have the ability through add-ons to add up to one blink. But what they did was they gave her a bunch of add-on changes where her add-ons will now increase her speed. Because the nurse is the slowest fucking killer in the game, and when you're not blinking, survivors can literally just run away from you. And on PC, nurse is a high-tier killer, and in the high ranks, the like the super good killers with the nurse are like hard to get away from because they can they're really good at just teleport landing right on you and hitting you. On PS4, she's a fucking giant pain in the ass, and of the original killers, she's the only one I don't have the adept on because she's a giant pain in the ass to play. So I'm looking forward to you know, a new change to the nurse that hopefully will make her a little more playable on the PlayStation. But yeah, they did a huge pass on that, a bunch of bug fixes and stuff, you know, which is standard for any pass. And then um, it looks like with the, the size, the dates that they have on the Rift, more than likely it's going to be every mid-chapter release we're going to get a new uh, Rift, a new battle pass for Dead by Daylight. So I will now be spending a lot of my time switching back and forth, trying to figure out how I can do an hour of Apex and at least an hour of Dead by Daylight Damn near every day, just so I can keep all my battle passes updated and get all my shit unlocked. And when should it come out for public use? The public, this one, let's see, because this is going until Tuesday for the public test build. I believe the announced date is the 22nd. So they've already uh, found a couple of problems where the the speed increase-decrease thing on the nurse has caused some game crashes and computer blue screens. Uh, Monto and Hybrid Panda both put up uh, videos where you would go to do the blink. You'd hit somebody, and the speed increase would happen, and all of a sudden their screen started doing this jittery shit. And Monto actually showed during that, if you picked up a character and tried to hook them, your entire game locks up. Like, it literally just stops in front of the hook. Nothing's moving. You can't exit. Like, it literally just crashes the game. But, it, you know, it locks it. So, yeah, they, they've already seen problems. They've already got reports on stuff that they're hopefully fixing. But, allegedly, it will be out on the 22nd. So, we'll have the new Halloween event. We will have the Tome. We will have the Archive. And then, um, as you're unlocking stuff in the Archive, you also get Cinematics. You get background story on killers, on survivors, and apparently we will learn about the Observer, who is the man sitting inside the archive, and he's like twisting this weird-looking little like magical sphere thingy, and apparently he's the guy that holds all the lore about uh, the world in which the entity exists and why these characters are all where they are. So it's also going to be world-building on top of everything, which I kind of like because it makes it very different from like an Apex Legends or a Fortnite where... 
behavior is really interested in the story of the world as well for these survivors and these killers. So yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun Halloween. Lot lots of good scary shit coming for Dead by Daylight. It's gonna be fun. So I don't play Dead by Daylight. I've mentioned that before, but I do know that one Willie D Nelson does. So Willie, how does this make you feel? You've been getting yourself a Dead by Daylight battle pass when it's available. You're muted. As soon as I can. <laughs> so yeah, so Behavior's got twenty bucks right here because they're gonna get ten from me and ten from Willie. I mean, I mean, I just enjoy the game anyway, so I'm yeah, I'm gonna get it. Willie's gonna play it on a Switch, of course, because that's the best way to play. It. You can f- no, you <laughs> screw right off that Switch version. I still say that Switch version should not ever been a thing. They wanted more money, which probably helped them buy people or buy people, buy, pay for employees to build stuff like the Battle Pass. So, yay, Switch version. I don't care if it sucks. I don't have a Switch. I'll be playing on PS4 and maybe some PC later today. I might stream a, a doctor match if I can in the public test build to show off the archive a little bit. You would. Yeah, I would. If I can get a damn match at rank 20. <laughs> That's the dream. I don't know enough about the game to be able to chime in that much. I've played it once because it was a, it was one of the games with gold, or it's either part of Game Pass. I can't remember. So I have it on my Xbox. I've played it a few times, not a ton. Sorry. Yeah. It's 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 definitely if you're playing by yourself, it's definitely fun to play as a killer because you don't have to worry about all the scary noises and stuff. Playing solo by Survivor is a little tougher. What's even tougher than that is playing Survivor with Willie when he's your friend because I'm rank 14 and I suck and he's like rank two again. And so the killers I'm going against are ranked two, and they just murder face me, and I, I don't have much of a chance. I'm not good. I can't loop. My running skills suck. But I get bored just playing Blendette. I don't want to just spend the whole goddamn match hiding. Well, don't <laughs> be proactive. I, that's what I've been doing. You haven't seen me play Blendette. I, ain't, I haven't played Blendette in a month. I need you to take chase so I don't get chased. I I don't take chase. I get chased, get down, get dead, and then that's only 30 seconds. You already have time to do a generator. <laughs> I don't know what any of this means. I know. It's like we're it talking happens. Greek. I know. <laughs> you mean Latin? You could talk that, too. I wouldn't know. Ain't nobody either. speaks Latin. My high school yeah, that... had Latin classes in it. You could take Latin, French, or Spanish. I, I did take Latin. Really? Or did you take it? What? Or did you take it? Take it out to dinner? High school. Take it to a movie? I think it's more a southern thing to have Latin as a <laughs> foreign language class in high school. Yeah, yeah, they didn't offer that in any of the schools that I went to. I, I, mean, I took it. I took France and Spanish. How many, it was fun. Uh, how many semesters of Latin did you take, Willie? Dubs. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> well played. Well played. Paying out. That being said, that does wrap up our coverage of the news of the week. I'm sure we'll have other news next week if there's other things we could have talked about. But this is what interests us the most, damn it, so we're going to talk about it. Looking at the time, though, we do need to start wrapping up this week's version of the podcast. But before we do, we have a little segment called What I'm Into. It's our chance to share with you guys who are watching live or listening at a later date just what kind of geeky and or nerdy things we've been getting into so that maybe you'll want to go and check those out yourself. So I'm going to throw things to one Willie D. Nelson, he's going to kick us off. Willie, what you been getting into? Well, not a whole lot, but uh, I did get a TV show that I haven't seen since Netflix a long time ago. I can't remember what year I watched it, but it's uh, Todd and the Book of Pure Evil. I bought it digitally because that's the only place you can find it. So it's on my digital. Uh, It's a great show. It's Pretty much if Buffy the Vampire Slayer and 
Ash versus the Evil Dead had a baby. That's pretty much what this show is. It's Canadian as well, and it has a certain McMurray in it as well, too. Oh, McMurray's in it? McMurray's in it with, McMurray. with, with uh, hair metal hair. Nice. Oh, it is so springy. I've heard of this show before, <laughs> actually. Springy. I have not seen it, but I've heard it's pretty good. Oh, it is great. I fully enjoy it, and I would highly recommend it. Um, if you liked Ash vs. Evil Dead, because it does feel like that a lot, I'm I'm just assuming people that worked on Ash vs. Evil Dead also worked on this, because it feels really close in tone. Like, it weirdly, oddly close in tone. So, if you like Ash vs. Evil Dead, you like Todd in the Book of Pure Evil. Which, now think about it, it's kind of very similar concepts. It's probably a but throw, play on it. But uh, throw, well, I mean, this was before Ash vs. Evil Dead even came out. But, uh, it all, but throw in some Buffy because they're still in high school and Freak of the Week type thing. It's, it's still good fun. And, it can, and since it's Canadian, I don't know what channel it came on. But they got a little bit raunchy with it and it's hilarious. No nudity or anything. Wait, was there? Getting Not a that I remember. Raunchier. Not that I remember, but it, it does go some places. And uh, I do like how one of the characters just is uh, missing an arm. And that's just part of his, just part of him. Like, it's just, he's missing part of an his arm. Charm. Yeah, he doesn't really, they don't really like, it's not really a factor of a whole lot. It's just, I mean, they explain it like, like the end of the first season, but it doesn't really even need to be explained because it's just, yeah, I'm just a dude with a one arm. And that's about it. <laughs> like, we don't have to pull attention to it, so I like that fact a lot. It's just there. I'm still doing things. That's all there needs to be. But uh, other than that, um, Dead by Daylight. What did I, I've really been doing a whole lot this week? Um, but did I? Okay, yeah. So I did finally order some uh, head uh, ear earphones, headphones for the PlayStation because. I've been using these little earbuds since my other ones broke, so it's not been too fun. And I actually got the uh, the PlayStation Gold headset, so I'm hoping it's going to be good. It's coming in tomorrow, and apparently I can use it on this computer for the podcast too. So I'll be having some headphones in for that too. Headphone. The wording is always weird, but I can't think of anything else I've been getting into. Uh, oh yeah, I did get to the fair. Yeah, I'm done. The fair wasn't even all that great. I was. I had one goal going to Fuck the you fair. fair. I had one goal and it failed me. Ever since I heard about this uh, elephant fair ear food, no, this fair food, I heard about. I don't even know, like seven years ago or something like that. I have yet to see any of it. I'm still disappointed. I want to try some fried Kool Aid. What is fried Kool Aid? I don't know what it is that. I want to try because it, it sounds interesting. I don't know fully what it is. I think they just put the packet of flavoring in some dough mix. I don't know. But it it has, it has piqued my interest. But I did try fried Oreos for the first time. That was interesting. So it sounds like just from a quick Google search, that they're basically making a dough out of Kool-Aid mixed in with other things and then dropping that in the deep fryer. Which I'm all right. I want to try it. But it, I couldn't. They had they had a place that's selling gators and taters. They had you know alligator meat, but but no fried Kool Aid. I was disappointed. Yeah, it's basically a drop donut recipe that you put Kool Aid into. And that sounds super interesting. It'd be interesting. Yeah, 
the pictures for it don't actually look bad. Yeah, it doesn't look terrible. Yeah, it's just like it'd be like a really sugary, sweet donut. Well, I mean, Kool-Aid mix has no sugar in it. There's sugar-free well, and there is sugar Kool-Aid. Are they doing, so, yeah, just well, the Kool-Aid no. packet or are they mixing the sugar in with it? Well, I mean, you add sugar to and then the making Kool-Aid the dough. packet in the water. Some some require that. Some come with sugar in it. Some are also sugar-free oh, Kool-Aids. You're, mm-hmm. you're thinking about those things that come in the containers. You just dump the powder in, like the whole big container. I assume that, that's you know, how they're making little- the fried Kool-Aid. They're not taking liquid form of it, I don't think. Well, I mean, like the little packets, like little individual packets. Yeah. They don't have any sugar in those. I don't know. I don't. No, but they could still. Very no, they could still I'm telling you, they don't. They could still add sugar to I'm those not, packets when they mix it in the dough. I'm so not, that it's well, sweet. Well, they're adding it with the packet. There's no sugar in the packet. This is my whole thing. We're moving on. Fried Kool Aid. Go try it out if you can. Tell me if it's good or not. I don't think I've ever seen that stuff yet. I haven't either. I've seen. I've seen the fried Snickers bar. I've seen the fried Oreo. Have you had I think I saw fried butter at one place. About I refused fried to eat Twinkie? that. I didn't do the fried Twinkie. I've done the fried Snickers bar. I've done the fried Oreo. The fried Snickers bar was actually really good. It was ridiculously gooey. It was just all a chocolatey mess. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the fried butter was the one I saw that was like, oh no. Like, there's people just eating sticks of butter. What is wrong with y'all? <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, I, I could also try fried Reese cups, deep fried rice, uh, Reese cups, and that sounds interesting, that but I did not. I would try that. I like me a Reese's peanut butter. And I, here, here's for your clip. I also had a foot long corn dog. Was it tasty? It actually, it really was tasty. Did you put? Really put on twelve it? inches in his mouth. Nope, I just ate it as it came. <laughs> <laughs> you said it. You said it. <laughs> Thank you, William. <laughs> Eight that 12 inches as it came. Thank you, Willie. Well, I'll go next to what I've been getting into because it's pretty short. I've been a little busy with work and other things, so watched a few things on TV, just getting caught up with. And I made a point for the second week in a row of watching live AEW Dynamite because, like I said, last professional wrestling fan, kind of getting back on board with things, and there's just something about watching it live. Now, I was about 20 minutes behind and caught up because of commercials. I'm having a lot of fun with it. There's good wrestling. There's good promos. Chris Jericho at 48 years old might be having the best run of his career because they basically give him the microphone and say, go talk about something. And he goes out there and talks about something. And even when there's a promo he's doing where the crowd goes on a chant, Jake Hagar, who you might have known as Jack Swagger in the WWF slash WWE. (laughs) He's an MMA fighter with Bellator now. He's actually on the AEW roster. He's joined Chris Jericho's stable as basically the enforcer. And when nice. he was, and Jericho's out there introducing people, he brings up Jake Hagar as one of the most dangerous men in the world. And the fans <laughs> start the We the People chant that was associated with his WWE character. Jericho goes, hold on, hold on, hold on. He goes, that's a terrible, I can't, oh, I can't remember the exact phrasing of it, but something to the effect of, that's a terrible statement from terrible creative. It's dead now. And killed it right then. <laughs> like last week, the fans have been chanting that about J- Jake Hagar, and he killed it. And nobody talked about that. Pro- nobody brought that statement up or anything after that. He went completely off of whatever script he might have put together in his head and killed it right then and there. Jericho at 48 has people eating out of the palm of his hand out there. He's always been one of the best at promos. And I'm really enjoying watching him get to be, how do I put this best? The older guy out there that you can build around who's putting people over and who has just basically got a stable of young talent now. 
that if, that while they're his minions in script purposes, he's putting them over and giving them the rub because they work for the world champion. And he's making he's legitimate doing, threats. He's doing for a bunch of the AWE kids what Flair did for the, you know, um, Batista and um, Randy Orton when they were, what was it, Revolution or whatever? Evolution. Evolution. Yeah, it's, it's the older veteran that kicks ass that, you know, people will show up to see that person. And they're they're making you know making a name for the business, which and once again we have to say thank you DDP. After Jericho's back injuries, he was going to retire. He's given up weightlifting, and he says basically now all he does is DDP yoga, and he's never felt better. And he's forty eight, and he's the champ of a brand new wrestling organization. That's insane. It is insane. no one at his age should be starting another wrestling career, and he just signed a three year contract with AEW. Like. Thank you, DDP. He's fucking helped so many of these guys. I love it. I think DDP has some affiliation with AEW. I'm not sure he works directly with them, but they do have former professional wrestlers from WWE that work in the back room for them and stuff, in addition to others they've brought over. But it's been surprising how good it's been. And some people had complaints or concerns that all that's going to happen is the elite are going to be on here and they're just going to put themselves over everyone. Well, they're doing a tag team tournament right now to crown the champions the first round match was the Young Bucks against Private Party. The Young Bucks, one of the most dynamic tag teams out there. They're incredibly captivating. They're part of the group called the Elite. Uh, they put Private Party over as the opening match this week. Lost clean to them. Nice. And everyone was like... Oh, it wasn't even a cheat? They no, lost clean? Everyone's like, holy oh. shit. The Young Bucks <laughs> just put these guys over, and they just made them stars by doing that. And I guess they did an interview with Matt and Nick at some point in time where they said, our intent is we never have to win. We can put people over. We want to give people, we want to build new people. And it's looking really interesting. And I've got a better appreciation for Cody Rhodes now as things have gone on. He's actually going to be taking on Jericho for the title belt in Baltimore next month, assuming Jericho doesn't lose it before then. They've established and created a lot of new people that I'm interested in, and it's fresh. So while I can't say I'm going to watch it live every week, I really did enjoy watching live and tweeting and tweeting about it after the fact. And I really do like what they're doing uh, with their YouTube series, which is like AEW at dark after dark or something like that, where all the dark matches they record before they do the live shows on Wednesdays, they put them out for free on YouTube the next Tuesday. And you can watch those dark matches on YouTube perfectly for free. Cause that's how they designed it to be with the actual commentary team who did commentary on it as well. It's, it's pretty cool, and I like what they're doing, and it brings back a lot of that nostalgia for pro wrestling. So I'm going to keep watching Dynamite. Yeah, I was going to mention that because I don't have cable, so I don't have the option of watching the show on TNT, but I did get a notification from YouTube in my subscriptions that AEW Dark Episode 1 was available on Tuesday, and so it's on my two-watch list, and it is literally an hour and 28 seconds. It is a full hour-long Dark House show, and it's the whole damn thing. Mm-hmm. That's fucking awesome. I can't wait to watch that. <laughs> and I do know that the AEW YouTube channel has been putting up a bunch of segments out of Dynamite yeah. this weekend. You can watch a lot of it there. I'm sure there are also less reputable sources on YouTube that have the entire show on there because you always see it for WWE shows and stuff like that. Yeah. So it's just a matter of whether it's taken down. Like I said, I, I was a lapsed professional wrestling fan, and this got my interest with a couple pay-per-views and really enjoying it. I can't wait to see where they go with it next. And, I'm all about the supposed Wednesday Night Wars right now because all it is is competition builds better product for everyone, and I love it. That's true. I'm totally on board with it. I can't wait to see where they go with it next, but that's the major thing I'm going to get into. I've still been playing that 911 operator game on my Switch and a little bit of Link's Awakening, <laughs> and that's about it. So that wraps up my bit of it. Anthony, what have you been getting into? 
Uh, been watching videos on the AEW uh, YouTube channel because I want them to get the ad revenue and the clicks. So not watching the disreputable ones, only watching the ones on their actual YouTube channel. Um, been watching a bunch of yeah, just the updates for all the different videos, all the guys doing the stuff for the the Rift and the Tome, the Archive. Watching a uh, Mondo and Hybrid Panda play the updated version of Nurse, which yeah, it looks like it's gonna be a much much easier version to play, even though. Uh, was it Panda doesn't play that character that often, so he was having trouble with it at first, and then turned it around and had a really good game. Um, so what else did I watch this week? Oh, I started watching uh, Raising Dion on uh, Netflix, finally, where a uh, kid's dad dies, and then you end up finding out that the kid's got superpowers, and there's a mystery about why the dad died, whether or not he knew about the powers, what was happening, and so far, like three episodes in, and you're talking to like a seven-year-old kid, so like it's a little kid, and he discovers he's got superpowers, and so far he has telekinesis and teleportation, and you're not even sure yet at this point if that's all he can do, and it's really cool the way they've set up some of the stuff, because like his teleportation, like literally like he's out at the lake with his mom chasing a squirrel, and the squirrel goes running up a tree, and he's like, no fair, no climbing, and next thing you know, he teleports like 30 feet in the air, and he's up on a tree branch, scared to death, because he's a seven-year-old kid, and he doesn't know how he got up there, so like the way that they deal with his powers, and him kind of freaking out, it's really cool, and the kid on the show is a fantastic actor for sex, a little kid, but yeah, great show, it's got a Jason Ritter is uh, the godfather of the kid, so he was, um, and it's Michael B. Jordan's son in the show, so Michael B. Jordan's in it, and Michael B. Jordan produced the show, so I mean, you know it's got serious talent there, and then Jason Ritter plays the godfather and ex-best friend of Michael B. Jordan, who's uh, at the start of the show is supposedly dead, I haven't finished the season yet, so I don't know, but yeah, I've been watching that, it's really good, I'm three or four episodes in, looking forward to finishing that, it's a really cool concept, and just, yeah, seeing a kid deal with superpowers, like the way they're doing it's really good and the special effects are fantastic. And then um yeah, starting you know, Halloween stuff, so watched, you know, Nightmare again. I watched um what was the other one I watched this week? Put on another one of my scary movies. Oh, I rewatched American Wolf in London. My like original very favorite scary movie that I saw when I was like five years old when it hit HBO. And it just oh, it's such a good film, and it's got some of the most creepiest dark comedy ever. David, I'm fucking stuck in the afterlife. <laughs> his buddy fucking talking to him in the theater and introducing him to the other people he's murdered and the, the crazy Nazi zombies in his dreams like that movie's just got all sorts of good fucked up stuff in it and it still holds up it's still a great horror film and yeah looking forward to be watching uh, Trick R Treat again pretty soon but yeah did the loaded up the public test build and I'll be uh, probably streaming a little more uh, did by daylight later I might actually pop on and see if I can get a killer match and then yeah looking forward to that you know, two weeks from now when that starts. So I'll be doing as much uh, Apex Legends as I can to finish off as much of my battle pass on that game as I can before I go get a battle pass for Dead by Daylight and then have to schedule splitting time between two battle passes on two games because there's so many cosmetics and toys I want to unlock. And mm-hmm. it's so much fun. And then I have been uh, finally getting through the storyline of No Man's Sky. I had spent literally like the first 30 hours of that game just randomly going around and mining and just using it as like meditation and i finally started progressing through the storyline so i'm heading towards the center of the galaxy and looking for a black hole and dealing with uh the atlas and all the weird shit in that game it's still a blast it's so it's a fun one just flying around it's i've actually made it to where like at the end of the night i get all hyped up playing apex legends either you're angry for losing or getting all excited for winning and then it's like midnight and i'm wired and so i will literally put on my ipod crank up some star talk and just listen to neil degrasse tyson teach me stuff about space while i'm flying through space mining 
and it's just super relaxing. It's a nice way to spend like 30, 40 minutes, calm down, and then go to bed. And yeah, it, it, it's a good way to kind of wind down the night instead of coming off. of. I can't come off an Apex win or a loss and just go straight to bed. It's It just doesn't work. So yeah, it's No Man's Sky is great for meditation. Hmm. And then um, I did see, um, I actually hopped back into Anthem since they did their last update and kind of half sort of took the Cataclysm out, left part of it, blah, 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 whatever they decided to do. But every time I leave my Twitch stream, it goes back and shows you the f- categories you follow. And so I always notice the numbers. And the numbers are usually something like 103,000 people streaming Apex, 20, 30, maybe 40,000 people streaming Dead by Daylight. And usually it's somewhere in the hundreds possibly thousand streaming anthem and i think thursday night after my stream was the worst i'd ever seen as i backed it on my twitch app it showed two people streaming anthem well i mean they are down to single digit streamers on twitch the game is like 20 dollars new a lot of places right now it's looked like and i've seen uh gamestop had a sale where it was down to 9.99 brand new both the regular and the uh limited edition ones Nine ninety nine, you say? Well, hey, it ten, was, it's not ten bucks. It's not that anymore, though. It went yeah. Well, I mean, I was just going to say nine ninety nine. I'm still not going to buy it <laughs> <laughs> for ten bucks. When it works, it's the best mech flight simulator I've ever played, and you actually feel like Iron Man. When that game works, it's super fucking fun, and they have fixed a lot of the problems that they had. But it's still lacking in content. There's really no end game. They added in the collapse, and then as soon as they said they were going to take it out, there was a huge public backlash. Like, you guys finally added something fun, and you're going to remove it from the game. Why? And so they end up basically leaving the collapse in there, and just the story, like the event part of it went away, but the collapse itself is still there, so you can go in. You're just not earning the crystal shards anymore, but you can still go in and do the the puzzles. And the puzzles they designed are actually really cool. Like, there's each one, like, there's, I think it's six or seven different battle arenas, basically, when you fly into this giant storm and inside of each arena is a different puzzle. You have to figure out to take a barrier down around a crystal shard to shoot it. So that it ends the, it ends that event and each puzzle is totally different. Some of them can be done solo. Most of them you need teams, but like it's, it was a really cool design and I'm glad they left it in the game because it is fun to play. But yeah, it's one of those things like it's still, it it's like a great start to a game. And this is what, two years in like, there should be end game. I shouldn't still be. I've been level thirty on that game since you know sixty days after it came out. Like I have nothing to look forward to in that game. So I've been playing Apex and Dead by Daylight because what what do I need to play Anthem for? Like there's nothing new. So you know, hopefully they'll do another patch. Hopefully you know Bioware will keep you know trying to trying to move forward with it. But we'll see. It may just be you know Anthem two on the PS five will be the one that I really look forward to. But I'll tell you this, I won't be pre-ordering it. <laughs> I don't know that you're going to get an Anthem 2 right now. No, we might not. Of... Yeah, oh, we might I, not. I'm telling you right now, you're not going to get an Anthem 2. Never say never. You don't know. I'm saying it right now. Well, I hope they prove you wrong. Because the game words. is super fun. Yeah, that's what I'm going to get into. Lots of fun stuff. Uh, that being said, I think it's time for us to start wrapping this thing up. Unless you guys have any final thoughts for us. Anything. One once. Twice. Three times the lady. And that's My biscuits all. are burning. All right. Well, this has been Biscuit Talk with the Biscuit Boys. And we thank <laughs> you for joining us again for another round of Biscuit Talk. Uh, don't forget we do this show live every Sunday, 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Central, over on Geeks.Live. So we will see you all next week.
Thanks for listening to this brand new episode of the All Things Good and Nerdy podcast. Don't forget, we'll be back next Sunday live at 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Central, over at live.atgnpodcast.com, channel 3 of the Alpha Geek radio app, and over at our network home at gunnageek.com slash live. If you have any feedback for the show, please contact us at atgnpodcast at gunnageek.com on our hotline number at 304-806-ATGN, or even better, go to Twitter and send us a message at ATGN Podcast. The music you've heard in this show is produced by Kevin McLeod and can be found at incompetech.com.